0: Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they adore. Today is Sunday, October 14th. I'm Shannon and I'm here with Stacy and Sarah to chat about the romance genre, how it has changed over the years that we have been romance readers, and how we ourselves have changed both in our reading preferences and our expectations of this particular genre. Good afternoon, ladies. Good afternoon, Shannon. Hello. So people might find themselves a little confused by this. We've never done an episode (laughs) like this. It's going to be more free-flowing than anything we've done, so we won't be talking in a rotation like we usually do. We will try very hard not to talk over each other, but... In general, it will be a lot freer than it has been in the past. So we'll just have to see how this goes. Before we dive in, I do want to give the usual introductory information. You can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You are, of course, encouraged to like and follow the page. You can also join our Facebook group, That is for listeners to interact with us and with each other. You'll find it linked on the book bistro page. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via Facebook messenger, or you can just write on the book bistro wall or timeline or whatever that thing is called, or you can, (laughs) yes, I'm very, um, I'm very savvy in my technical knowledge.
1: Oh, absolutely. Or,
0: Or you can send us an email to the book bistro podcast at com. all right so i don't know a lot about tech just because it's not what i do but i know a lot about books so maybe we should just talk about those instead
1: sounds like a plan amen because
0: that's better so we all have been long time romance readers since probably you know before it
1: was wise of us to read romance oh that's um, so true it's Really true. <laughs> if our mom knew half of the stuff that she helped us buy if she knew what was huh. incorporated uh, into those books she never, she would have like locked us up I think. Or maybe she did know. Oh, I Maybe she so. read them too. She did not read the Clan of the Cave Bear books. Oh well.
0: That's ah not. the Clan of the Cave Bear is beautiful. Yes my grandma bought me a lot of romance too. Um, we used to go to this place that sold books on tape like before they were super popular and they were very expensive yes and my grandma would buy me like nora roberts oh yeah
1: brown
0: and i think i got a couple of liberal spencers that (gasps) way oh but if she knew you know how um steamy some of those things were i doubt she would have been buying them for me when i was you know 14 (laughs) right exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does everybody remember the first romance they ever read? Yes. Yes. What was yours, Shannon? It was the
0: Velvet Promise. Oh Jude. By Jude Devereaux. And I loved it a lot.
1: That's a theme. And
0: it was so cool. And then I read the other three like pretty quickly after that. And I was kind of you know, I got it from the library and I was kind of surprised that like the library thought it was okay for me to have that and I was kind of thinking like oh should I should I say something and I'm like no I'll just I'll just like see if I can get the rest and I did and it was lovely how old were you oh
1: 13 maybe 14 Mm -hmm. Sarah do you remember that we read the Duchess by Jude Devereaux so she has to spend everybody's gateway we were 13 remember well we were almost 13 okay we were going into eighth grade and we, oh. re- we got it from the library because I remember being inside in my room and listening. We, my parents back then, we had a built-in pool. And so we would have all these pool parties and all of our family would be there. And I remember sitting inside instead of being out swimming with everybody, like voraciously reading The Duchess. I have the same uh, memory, but we didn't read it together. No. So we did- okay. I so- probably, one of us read it first, but actually I do not consider that that was the first romance book I ever read. I read a whole bunch that summer, but in seventh grade, and I don't think this would necessarily be categorized as a romance, but I'll never forget the month I read it. I'll never forget staying up all night and hiding my, like turning my book way down, listening to it on tape and reading it in my bed and then having to get up and go to school the next day. So my very, very, very first like adult, like book where romance was a feature was the Phantom of the Opera was my yep. very first. Yep. Ah, and okay. I, and at the time, I'm sorry to rat you out, Stacy, but Stacy made fun of me. Like I, I fell did. in love with Phantom oh. in a little play. I think I said this in our very initial podcast Um, in, in a magazine called a read magazine. We had to read in seventh grade. And so then I got the musical and yeah. Stacy would make fun of me because it was like, not, you know, um, who was cool Yeah, Music yes, and, I would, it was, <laughs> and I would be like what please are you never do that again <laughs> and I'd be like what are you listening it to it wasn't like, like MC Hammer or no. whoever else was popular back then I don't remember <gasps> Vanilla Ice Vanilla Ice yeah it wasn't any of those <laughs> so anyway I it was in February when I was 12 and I literally devoured it I think it was like 6 or 7 hours and I had to do my homework and everything too and I devoured it from like when I got home from school or did my homework until I finished it in the middle of the night. And my mom would have been so mad at me if she knew. I think it was four o'clock in the morning when I finished it. That was my first 4 a.m. read. Well, but, what you didn't know is I would sneak it out of your room I when I was knew. sick from school and I would play the parts I liked. So yep. I tried to do <laughs> my friend. Chapter, chapter 12 and chapter 26. Yes. Yep. Um, and, Those are the best parts. Yes. <laughs> yes, Apollo's Liars, chapter twelve, and I can't remember which. The end 26. of the ghost love story. Hello, oh, how could you forget the oh, name? I don't know. It just it, it just escaped me for a but moment. But anyway, I would you know I didn't want to be seen as uncool by my friends because I had a little bit less, I, I think I had a weaker self-esteem than you did Sarah in seventh grade. And so no about that. I just well liked what I liked. I know, but you were comfortable liking what you liked and it took me a few months longer to admit my love. But anyway, I can see why we would say that was our first romance. And then we read, um, as we were reading romances with the Duchess being the first one, we also read some kind of young adult Um, oh, yes. that had romantic elements. Remember all the, uh, Lois Duncan books. (gasps) Those Those were were so good. Um, Stranger (laughs) with My Face was my ultimate favorite forever, even though it it did feature an evil twin. Right, Sarah? Do you remember? Yes. We hate books about evil twins. Leah Leah. and what was her name? Lori. And his name was Jeff, right? Was his name Jeff? And he had scars on his face. That's probably why he liked it so much. he was kind of an Ah, outcast. We also read... Just to be real cliche, we also read like all the Sweet Valley High books that they, Dull. yes, yeah, Sweet Valley. But Gotta do you, Sweet Valley? I don't know. Yeah. Do you count like all that stuff as part of the romance genre? Like because it was no, young adult reading, not so necessarily, I think I like.
0: I feel like they tie in to the things that I like about romance. Not so much the Lois Duncan stuff. No. I think that would be more like thrillery. Mm-hmm. But Sweet Valley. Especially, I think, sort of, because it was a kind of washed, like, washed down version of the things that I love about romance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, dating and Mm -hmm. this search for, like, the person
1: that could, like, sort of complete you. Um, So, what I find interesting about, um, even with the young adult books that Stacey and I read was that um, we wanted it to be happily ever after at the end, and we really liked it when two people were dating, even if we really, like, didn't know much about, like, uh-huh. that was what we liked. That was always what we gravitated towards after mm-hmm. we read The Duchess. And I will say the first time we read The Duchess, it was back in the day where it was really cool to abridge books, oh, a recorded books. books. I do too. I would never yep. read them now. No. But no. we didn't know – we didn't necessarily know – Right. When we were 12, that this was not the whole book. And then when we were 15 and we got like the full version of the Duchess, we were like, oh my, they left a whole bunch out. And like it was amazing to read the full book. And actually to this day, I have – if I have insomnia, I have certain books that I read to – help me just kind of like calm down. I have awful insomnia sometimes or like when my kids were babies and they would wake me up and then I couldn't get back to sleep. I still read the Duchess. Like I, ha- I just read it. I have to. And yep. it's, it's, it's so soothing for my soul. I think it's one of those books, no matter how I change in the romance genre, it's a book that I will never not love. Yep. I'm with you.
0: So oddly Sky O'Malley by Bertrice Small. And this is an incredibly like on PC, thing that I'm about to say because Bertrese Small is kind of, um, oh, like divisive in the romance genre. Either people love her or they hate her. I've never read anything. I know about I was going to say,
1: or they've never oh. read her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, and I, I love her. I didn't read her when I was quite as young, but I did read her around like my senior year of high school. And to this day, Sky O'Malley and its sequel, All the Sweet Tomorrows, are books that I will come back to if I ever just want that kind of like comforting. I know how things are going to turn out, I know what's going to happen next, I don't have to stress about it. It's just this wonderful, like, kind of returning to a place of of great comfort, even though the things that happen in that book are kind of terrible. Like, people are sold into slavery,
1: and there's a lot of raping. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It sounds like those long, sweeping romances from, like, the late 80s, where always the first sexual encounter was, like, a rape that wasn't a painful rape, but it was a rape nonetheless. And, I mean, I can't believe how many of those I read in high school where I didn't realize, like, that's technically a rape. That's not really – this is not –
0: yeah. Right. And yet there's something about the way those books were written and not necessarily like, the rape. I'm not right. going like, oh, rape, no. how wonderful. But there's something about the way those books were written, like the length of them and the way you could just sort of like fall into them and
1: stay forever. Those Kathleen yeah. E. Woodwist books. Yeah. Oh, Ashes in the Wind. The Flame in the Flower. Oh, what was the yes. other one? That, uh, uh, What's the one that's got? um. Oh, her name is The Wolf and the Dove. Oh, oh yeah, bolt, yeah. The Dove, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. What's yeah, the yes. – is that the one – what's the one where he wears a leather mask and he's really the same guy, but she doesn't know what oh, he's it Oh, it has winter. Roses and winter? Is that what oh. it is? Rose and winter. Rose and winter. Yeah. 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 And I actually, actually could never get through that one. Oh, really? That was one of my favorites. But the reader for – um, we the way we would have read it on tape is not my favorite reader. No. At all. No, she's not no. very good. No. But I, I find it interesting that, you know – Back in the young, impressionable days of romance, all those sweeping saga historicals that we're talking about, they, it did not seem strange that there was all this, like, kind of violent sexual encounters. I mean, do you, no. do you guys agree with me, both yeah. of you? I, I never it, thought, like, And I don't know now. I, I'm afraid to go back and read. I mean, the, you know, high school to me was, like, the era of Joanna Lindsay. Like, Yes. She, yes. And, and not, I mean, there were so many like harems and, you know, kidnappings and like forced encounters in like tents in the desert and all these things that I don't know now if I could like relax and enjoy. But at the time, they were so epic. We gobbled <laughs> them like candy. Did you, Shannon? No, yes, I did. I kept,
0: and I was always so sad, like when I would look at what the library had, I'd be like, oh, there's so, like, Elizabeth Lowell. Oh, when yeah. I started to read her, there were only like four of them available to me. Yes. And I thought that that was so terrible. I'm like, but I want to read, you know, this and this and this. And I, I kept, you know, kind of looking for a way to like have those be available. And I don't know that any of us have ever come out and said this on the podcast, but we are a podcast of blind women, not because. No. No. But I realize as we talk about things that aren't available, that people might wonder like why they weren't available. Well, and I don't Um, know how
1: you guys feel, but I think because we did not 20 years ago or whatever, have the same access to books that we do now. I mean, they were so precious to me, the books I could get my hands on. And I just, they were never enough. Like, I just always felt like, I just was like three books Less than what I ever wanted. And there were times, and I don't know, Shannon, if this ever happened for you, but like the best present Stacy and I ever got, ever. I'll never forget this. We were 15, we were sophomores, and our mom and our aunt took us to the library for the blind. And they let us go back to where all of the books on tape were kept, and we browsed for hours. hours. And- and oh, I'll never oh, – I still remember what I was wearing and everything. I loved that day. So we brought oh, I home did bags.
0: volunteer hours at the Library for the Blind because I was raised Catholic. And before I made my confirmation, you had to do a certain amount of volunteer work. So I went and I rewound cassette books oh for gosh. our Library for the Blind. And so I would go there, and even all through college, my grandparents took me every week, every oh, single Friday. Wow. Wait, you lucky went. girl? Yes, yes. And my my family is not made up of readers. Like I'm the main book person in my family. My dad's mom um will read some, but generally my family is not a bookity family. But my grandparents, especially my mom's parents, always knew that books are very important to me. And so my grandma would buy me like Braille books when I was a little kid. And as I got older and the books got bigger, Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. it wasn't
0: practical to buy them. Right. And so every week we went to the library and I would always take, you know, 25, 30 books. Yes. And then I would, you know, take the ones back that I'd finished and get more. And it was like the best part of my whole week. Friday was like the day of books.
1: And, and, you know, it's interesting too, because I think, You know, now, and this is going to make me sound so old, but I think, you know, people in like the generation that's just younger than us who always had more access to books than we did. I don't think anyone understands like the pain of,
0: let's just say, going
1: to a bookstore and having this entire, you know, there'd be a book on tape section, but romance, which is what I wanted to read, was always very, it was minimal. And the majority of them were abridged. And so like the two cassette. Yes. Yeah. They were like $40. Yeah. And so I would go into the bookstore and my mom, you know, she was very good about taking us routinely to the bookstore and we'd read through everything. And she would say, why don't you just try to, you know, and, and she meant it in a, in a a way of love, but she would say, why don't you try to broaden your horizons and read something else? watch and, and I would say, but no one else has to like, no one else has to make that choice just to read. And I don't want right. to make that choice. And there were times I'd leave the store like almost in tears. And yes. I remember one time, you know, leaving a store and other family members were around and I was acting very bratty and upset. And they were like, why are you like that? And my mom said, because they don't, it's, they don't have the choices that everyone else has. And it's, it's painful. And she always got it. And I always appreciated that about her is that she would just spend hours going with us and helping us read through, you know, the, the backs, the synopses of various books and helping us to, to find things that we could read. And nowadays everything's available digitally. You can just go online yourself. And I think I've gone a little, um, I mean, it's just so amazing now to have such a stock of books at our fingertips that we can read whatever we want just by, you know, clicking the purchase now button or the whatever, you know, on the computer. And it's just I don't know. So I think, you know, I agree that books were precious. And I think to, and I think anyone can relate to this. I, there's certain books that to me really have, really still invoke very strong memories. Yes. Um, when I was, when I was in high school, I was 15. Um, we were hosting Thanksgiving and it was the night before. <gasps> I totally know what you're going to talk about. I know. And so we had just gone to the library and gotten a stack of books on tape. And one <gasps> of the books we got was called Trigaren's Daughter. Yeah. By Madeline Brent. I think, have you read that too, Shannon? Yes. Yes. And when I think of that book, I think of like the good Thanksgiving smells like wafting into my room upstairs, like the turkey. Yeah. And we sat there and just read this book like until it was one of those like epic 3am, you know, still reading binges. And, you know, so when I think of books like those gothics by like Madeline Brent and Mary Stewart. Oh yes. Yeah. And, um, not so, I, uh, other, I know I read a lot of Victoria Holt, but she was never my favorite, but I no. read her because- Oh, I love Victoria yeah, Holt. Yeah, I do too. I feel like the, the middles on a lot of her books kind of lagged, but just those memories of like those dark gothics we read all through high school and I don't know, and it's one of those things again where it's not because of the, the sex scenes or anything, but I question now if I could sink into a story like that anymore. Um, I think but, I could still read Trigaren's Daughter. I love Lucian. Wasn't that his name? Yeah, it was. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would be afraid to find out. Like, certain books I know. I know
0: that I will always love. Like, I will always love Sky O'Malley. And I look on Goodreads and I see the terrible things people say about Sky O'Malley. Oh. And I can acknowledge that those things are true. That, you know, it's not very female positive to to love these things. And yet, there is something about it that I just cannot turn away from. But some things I wonder, like
1: I haven't read Joanna Lindsay in a long time. Yeah. I I don't really want to. I'm not, I have no desire and I'm sure some of them are really good, but I just don't. But in general, the, if if I'm reading, because I think we've talked a lot about historical romance so far, and I feel like if I'm going to read one, it really has to stand out to me because I think I read so many in high school and early college that it, well, I guess the The premise of the historical romance that I'm drawn to is like one specific type of book. Like, you know, I want scars and I want – I feel like they do that a lot in – like all of the um, Kerrigan Byrne books, for example. People just – they have such struggles and I'm really drawn to that. I'm not drawn to – I don't know. I'm not drawn to like – a lot of the historical romance that I read when I was younger. But a lot of it, if you say the name of a book I re- like Stacy and I used to devour Amanda quick. And I've tried so many times because of the feelings of joy I felt when I read them. I've tried to read like newer ones and it hasn't given me the same feelings. And I don't know if it's because I've evolved past that or if it's just that that's not what I'm looking for anymore. But, like, I just remember we were on vacation in Florida, laying by the pool, and we were reading. Um, Stacey, what's the one about the Beast of Blackthorn Hall? What's that Ravished. called? Ravished. 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 Yeah. It was so good. And yeah. I just never forget. Like, we just, I don't know. But I feel like my romance preferences have changed a lot. Do you guys feel like that? Oh, yeah. For me, I think that romance isn't writing
0: what I love in quite the same way anymore
1: right like I
0: love the historicals I know that neither of you are big like you know London ballroom fans potted poems (laughs)
1: yes,
0: (laughs) waiting fans I love them I, I love them so much and yet it's not that there aren't good ones now but they're not good in the same way they are attempts to have a historical setting with contemporary ideas yeah Yeah. and that's troubling to me um I I love Julia Quinn for example but Julia Quinn will never be like the Joanna Lindsay of my childhood
1: yeah yeah I've never read her but I've seen a lot of her books
0: there's something like very very fun to me like when I think about wanting to read something light it's always some of these like newer historicals, like Julia Quinn's Bridgerton Family. Um, I love them. In fact, the new one is coming out in November in I her Bridgerton that. prequel series and it makes me really excited. But they're not the same kinds of like heavy, intense reads that you know, you get with like The Maiden by Jude Different <gasps> or that was
1: good. The, the Magic
0: of You. Yes, The Taming. I love The Taming. I love I the, like taming. the Magic yeah. of You by Joanna Lindsay. Um, but again. Even,
1: sorry, keep going.
0: I was just going to say, even some of those contemporaries, like, one of my best memories of reading is curling up on my best friend's bed and reading Outlaw Hearts by Roseanne Bittner. Yes! Oh! That
1: book was so... Yes. Oh, I don't even but know. But I
0: read a Roseanne Bittner a few years ago. I, tried. I liked it. Like it was fine. But it was not the same. And so like you, Sarah, with Amanda Quick, I don't know if it's me. Like, have I changed where that's not quite what I'm looking for? Or has the writing changed? Or has sort of a society's expectations of what I should like as a woman in romance like sort of altered what what I think I like like do you think you
1: could ever read a story again right now about someone who gets like trapped in a harem yes You could, or you couldn't. Yes, I could. could. Really, I don't think I could. I think I'd be mad. Well, now it's all reverse harems. That's like the new thing now. So reverse harem. Yes,
0: (laughs) I am mad if I think about it as something that's happening like in real life. Like if I think, like, oh, you know, if this were me, if I were like abducted and kept in a harem, I would hate that. But if I look at it as like a, a fantasy, like something that is fun to read about, a little bit decadent. Um, I can really like it. And that is what draws me to Bertrice Small a lot because her characters were like inevitably sold into slavery by like some sort of um, like enemy. And they always are sent to these like Middle Eastern harems. And I know (gasps) that in real life, like that's terrible and people that should never happen to people. And yet there's something about it in a book that I.
1: It draws you. It does. Well, it's it's interesting because you look at, um, you know, now if it's used as a, I don't know, like a plot device or whatever the right word is. Like, I read a Pamela Clare book a few years ago, and I'm so sorry, I cannot remember the name of it. Um, And I'm pretty sure that she was held against her will. And I don't know if she was actually in a harem, but it was in that kind of, you know, kidnap scenario. And in the past, I feel like it would have ended up where she would have ended up falling in love with um, her captor. Yes. And in this um, Pamela Clare book, she was rescued by someone else and was able to put mm-hmm. her life back together. So I feel like, you know, just that the trends and the tropes and romance have changed pretty dramatically. I mean, now look at all the billionaires who have Ugh. read rooms of pain and, you know, all the Ugh. things in contemporary. That I can't do those. Don't draw me at all. No, I no. don't
0: read contemporary romance. Um, you know, I used to love so much of like the romantic suspense of the 90s yeah. and the early mm-hmm. 2000s, like some Melinda Howard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Iris Johansson. And Yeah, Iris
0: Johansson. Um, Stacy and I were talking the other day about Iris Johansson, and I went back and looked at all the books that she's written. And I just had such like, great memories of, of all of them.
1: I never read um, them anymore. Do you?
0: I don't, but there's a part of me that's, like, really tempted to go grab, like, Dark Rider.
1: Oh, yeah. That Lion's was Lion's really, Bride. <laughs> Lion's Bride. I remember that one. Oh. It was on the Silk Road, I think, right? Back in yes. the- Yes. 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 In, like, mm-hmm. the 1100s. Yep. Yep. So oh. do, do you guys know what author, and I feel like we're talking a lot about historical, so I want to talk about other ones, too, but do you know what author has stood the test of time for me? Well, there are a couple that have, but- So Jude Devereaux, I love everything she writes. I really enjoy her. I don't know. But the other author that really I can read, I don't care if they take place in London ballrooms or not is Mary Jo Putney. I just love her. Yes. Yep. yep, Yes. yes. How about Laura Kinsale? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. um, Yeah. So there's some that stand the test, stand up to the test of time, but some that just like there's somewhere I'm like, how is that person still like writing romance? Like, um, I'm going to become very unpopular, but I can't read Stephanie Lawrence. I don't like her books. I've never read any of her. Um, I never have read her. I tried. There was one about twins, and I remember I was reading, and it was like more than halfway through the book, and the entire book was like just these rendezvous behind potted palms in a ballroom, Um, and that was when I said, that is it. I I don't like her, but there are others I feel like that can continue publishing forever and writing, and they have a talent of sweeping you to these either exotic locales or into some really dark, intense storylines. And I don't know. And and that's how I feel about like Mary Jo Putney. It doesn't matter if the book was written in 1990 or, you know, the one that she just released in September, which, you know, features pirates and um, you know, kidnappings and all the things that, you know, back in the day we loved in historical romance and she can still write about it and and do it well and that book has the word scoundrel in it but i can't remember what it's called once a scoundrel. yeah maybe? i think so maybe
0: i think there are authors like for example julie garwood who has written both historicals and contemporaries her historicals will always be my favorite Mine too oh, yes i love like saving grace oh wore the roses yes prince charming oh yeah, oh, that's a good one yep. um but I do enjoy some of her contemporaries. You know, those are some of the like romantic suspense that I love.
1: The murder list? Is that one of hers? Yes. The oh murder my God, list. that is good.
0: Yep. So. But contemporary romance, which is, you know, something that I have always struggled with. Like so many people love it. And I feel like it just isn't interesting to me. There's nothing that draws me to it. So I have to look for things like
1: historicals or. Um, Paranormals. Love Paranormals. Yes. But you know what I find interesting about contemporary romance? I feel like sometimes now someone who wrote contemporary romance is now being rebranded as woman's fiction. And I think about authors like Kristen Higgins, who to me is like the goddess. Of yes, for sure. Good contemporary romance. And I'll never forget sitting in my bed in California at three in the morning reading too good to be true. And like, oh. really, I was like whooping out loud. Like I couldn't hey. even keep it to myself. I was laughing so hard and her books give me that feeling in my heart that I love. But now she is, um, you know, she's being classified as women's fiction, women's women's fiction. Same women's with fiction. Um, like um, Susan Wiggs, and jennifer you know, weiner yep all these women yes. who wrote romance are now like rebranded why do you think that is i feel like a lot of contemporary romance now and i really am not elderly but i'm going to sound elderly by what i say next but like well some Sarah, of the sex if you're scenes, elderly then i'm elderly too so you're elderlier <laughs> three minutes elderlier <laughs> but i get really turned off by a lot of the contemporary romance because they just seem and I hate to say this about romance because I get really defensive when people talk like this but a lot of the sex scenes are like trashy to me and they're not they loving are. and I don't I don't like that I want even if like okay so let's say at the beginning she's with one person and at the end she's with another okay but I want the scenes I want there to be like some type of like affection and I I don't and so I like a lot of like really sexy books. Okay. I don't mean to sound like I'm old and I only read like old Proper Yes. No, I hate that. But I, yes. I like it. I mean, they can talk really nasty if it's like loving. I don't know how to describe that. I don't, I guess I like, I get what you're saying. Cause for me, I also like when there is like when they build the tension, like that yes. makes the sex scene so much more rewarding for me. And I feel like a lot in contemporaries nowadays, nowadays. Yes, because we're old. Yes. Uh, I just feel like it's not there. Like the, you know, all of the, 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 the like tension they, and the, the conflict. They meet in a bar and five minutes later, they're out in the back alley or in the car or it'll be a book where like he makes her do stuff and he like is a total asshole and he's not even like redeeming like i like good asshole rude awful heroes if there's like redeeming
0: yeah
1: Uh and i'm like if i ever you cut out start that over again so you like heroes where sarah oh i do not i'm here i do not like books about heroes who are total asses just because like they're spoiled and they're rich and they just are really demanding, but there's nothing like redeeming about them. Like, I don't care if someone's like overbearing in a book, cause you know, some people can do that really well, but there has to be like something about them that makes me want to like them, you know? And I think that's, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on this book. I think a lot of people pick on it, but I tried to read the 50 shades books cause everybody was raving about them. And I made it to the third book and I kept thinking, if I keep reading, there's going to be something about him because the premise of his character was so interesting to me. And I kept thinking, if I read more, I'm going to like him because, you know, he's got all of the qualities that usually draw me to a hero. You know, he was like, had a sad younger life and like had all these awful things happen. But no, I never liked him. I did finish. And I didn't, I didn't like how he treated her and I didn't like how she like let him treat her. And I think that's the difference in what I read now. I want characters who are who become equals, even if in the beginning they're so not. What I do you think guys think? That,
0: like one of the things that bothers me is the kind of oh, I'm going to punish you by kissing you. Yes, like I don't understand that. I yes. don't find that attractive. And yet, we <laughs> I mean, maybe they eat garlic first. <laughs> but you know, like people be having Sorry. this argument, and it's like very intense. And all of a sudden, the guy grabs her and just, like, kisses her. Hello, kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's Pepper. <laughs> Pepper's on the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, kitty oh. <laughs> pop. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. I think, like, if my husband and I are really having a good fight, like, I mean, and I, I, mean I don't but really think a fight is arguably, You know, yeah. like, a real intense fight. We do not no. want to kiss each other. Now maybe later we might want to be like, oh, we're sorry, and that's different. But when you're fighting with somebody, I mean, maybe there are people in this world that this is what they do. But I'm mad. I don't want to kiss you. You're making me mad, and he'd be the same way. I mean, don't touch me. Stay away from me. You're making me really mad. Like to me, it's yeah not- it's that thing though in romance that like
0: somehow that's, that's sexy. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's desirable. It's sexy. Well- it's if you go the back to like that Fifty Shades is sexy, even
1: though it's, it's not. not. If, if you go back you to, know, I don't find it sexy, and I'm sorry well, if to you the go back to, like, for the, saying that. Um, Like the old school historicals, I mean I have very vivid memories of reading Whitney, My Love by it's yes. not, and there's like these spanking scenes where she's like this, you know, like hoyden, and like she needs to be like tamed <sighs> mm-hmm. and, you know, they made that sexy back in, in the old school romance days, and it to me, it never was, um, you know, I, I don't find, I mean, no. if, if, if you're writing a BDSM and they're spanking in that way, that's fine. But if you're writing it because there's that imbalance of power where the hero has to tame the heroine, that to me, is that kind of where you're going, Shannon, like with the kissing kind or of. like the. I, I think, though,
0: what always set those books apart for me is that the women were, I don't know, like spunkier back then. Like, yeah, they. Yeah even if they changed in some ways over the course of the book they didn't totally like give in to the hero like he might get what he wanted in some ways but so did she i feel like now like men
1: they just submit yes, to their and will and it's supposed
0: now. to be sexy in a way that is different from like what we grew
1: up reading so this might make me unpopular, but Shannon, I think, you know, I'm going to, I tried to read a book this week for an upcoming podcast and, um, it's a Kristen Ashley and her books are very hit or miss with me. I want to love them. I want to so desperately. And I do love, I love reading her on Facebook. She's like, so intelligent. Stuff, she's, I love how she I writes love the way she on posts. Facebook. I love the things that she has to say, but I just tried to read her Penmore Castle. Um, it's, it's a ghosts and reincarnation series. And, you know, there's, there's this such an imbalance of power. She's pretending to be a, um, a paid escort because she needs to earn money to um, pay for the renovations on her grandmother's ancestral home in England. And and so this very wealthy man is paying for her services and decides then once they've discussed everything that he's going to renegotiate the terms of their deal and that he is going to be able to have her play fake girlfriend all the time. And, you know, in, in this, in this book, um, he insists that she's going to come over and cook dinner for him and then, you know, spend the night. And then when she wakes up in the morning, as he is renegotiating the terms and basically objectifying her and saying, because I have paid for you and for your, you know, for your time and, and for you to, to play this role, I can now tell you that I will be touching you when and where I want. I will be doing this and that. And, you know, while he's doing this, oh, he's hell no. her down in bed um, no. like kind of on top of her and renegotiating. And she did not feel that she could stand up for herself because she needed the money. And so that plot device made me so uncomfortable, even though I was enjoying other aspects of the book, I had to put it down and it really bothered me. And I think 20 years ago, I wouldn't have even batted an eye. I would have just kept reading it and it wouldn't have bothered me like it does now. So I think it has to do with the whole evolution of the romance genre and just as a woman, how I feel about things like that and why in the sweeping historical saga books back in the eighties, it was, I don't know why it was, it made me feel different when I was reading it. And now I just, it bothers me to a degree where I can't finish books that where that stuff happens. Do you know what books really do it for me now? And I'm sure you're going to know because this is what I talk about in all of, in every episode. I have at least two. Paranormal, I feel like it's, it's so out there. Like, I mean, obviously we don't have, you know, oh, vampires sure, or werewolves I know. or anything. And there are... <laughs> I know. We should. We totally should. But – and even zombie books. Those are great too. Um, But I feel like there are some where they act like that, and I don't like that. I don't read that. But there are so many where the characters I feel like are more believable, and I I don't know why because it's totally not a – it's not a – it's more like a fantasy type. But I'm really drawn to – a lot of paranormal. And I don't think, I mean, even like 10 years ago, I wasn't as drawn. No, we never to read it actually. as I am now. And, and Stacy like went through this phase. So this is not romance, but she read Harry Potter <laughs> and I would laugh at her and I would say, I do not ever want to read that. And now my oldest son and I are on the seventh book together and I love it. But so she would tell me like, Oh, you need to read these books. And the, the, the most, um, talked about was when she tried to get me to read um, the Black Dagger Brotherhood books, and I... Wait, I'm sorry. Went, and I made fun of you. Outline? Why would I mock me? And, like, <laughs> you did. Oh, I'm sure you did. I mocked you. I'm sure I did. Because she got into these vampire books because, and I know I don't mean to, like, call you out because I don't think you'd really be into reading them now, but you read The Hunger Games, right? Isn't that... I read mean, I Twilight. Not I did. Oh, the games, Twilight. Twilight. Mm-hmm. I never read it. I, read I had no desire to read it. it. But <laughs> I think that did you i never read it but i think about it i think that made stacy interested in reading more of this type of genre and so she'd say to me sarah you really should read this and then i'll never forget she said to me one day sarah i think i found this awesome new vampire series and i laughed (laughs) and like gross they bite each other's necks like how unattractive and how disgusting do they slurp the blood is it like (laughs) she did she was mean (laughs) I was mean and usually I'm not a mean person <laughs> in my life, but I really like ruthlessly made fun of her and I did eat crow very as publicly as That's I could right. be on Facebook eat crow when I was obsessed. But for some reason for me right now, the the type of book that I feel is the most consistent about not letting me down. Oh, I've been with that. Yeah, I agree too. And they can be urban fantasy and they can be historicals too. I mean, like right now I'm reading this book. um, Thank you, Shannon called um, master of crows by grace Draven. And it's like, it's very fantasy. It's very like, it's not historical in our world necessarily, but you know, it's very like, you know, they live in a castle type of keep. And if it were, if there was not magic in the book, I would totally not want to read it because I'm not really drawn to that type of book anymore. But it works for me so much. So I cannot put it down. I, I love everything about it. I know Grace Draven. Shannon, you were right. But I. You were very right. This is the second what, one I've read. What is this? Master of Crows. Oh, my God, it's so good. I can't, I can't tell you too much about it because I haven't read all of it yet. But the reader is very interesting. I can't figure out if he's Australian trying to speak with an English accent or if his – because he almost has, like, this Australian flavor to his voice but really not, it, but it's English. He's really a good reader. And he makes – oh, my God, he makes The Master of Crows sound so sexy like he swallowed all this jagged glass <laughs> oh. because he was garrot- He oh, was garroted as a child. Oh, my God. Oh. No, his voice is so, I mean, I, I don't mean to like be creepy about people that re are you know, narrators, but his voice, when he reads the Master of Crows, the her, the part about the, you know, the, the actual Master of Crows, the guy, his voice is so sexy. I cannot, even, you know, it's so great. And he's actually a male reader. He doesn't I wish really people talk like this. So I love I it. Too. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, though, but kind of like to, <laughs> to circle back, I do think the reason why right now we're so drawn to urban fantasy and paranormal is because in those books, it's not these silly, like college age people having these really dramatic um like over the top new adult type i don't even know it's it's a different and i feel like the drama and the you know the ass kicking it's it's more acceptable because it's it's fantasy you know it's never going to happen i mean it's werewolves and vampires and so things that may not feel as acceptable in mainstream like you know Contemporary romance or historical feel more acceptable because these worlds are complete fantasy. Does anyone else think that might be true?
0: Yes. I yes. think it's also largely reliant on the author's ability to build a world. I agree. That feels real, For even sure. if there's no way it could be. Like, I have to talk about Yasmin Gallinoran because. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> because I have to. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what she writes like she can make things as as magical and fantastical as as she possibly can and yet she adds elements of reality to her worlds so that I can feel like oh of course like this is possible like of course it is there's no way it it couldn't be even though I know yes you know we don't all have like vampires sleeping in our basements oh Um, we just don't that's too bad but there's something about the way she creates a world that makes me think, if only for the time that I'm reading that book, that like these things are possible and acceptable and laudable. And I, I, I wish I had I a, a vampire too. sleeping
1: in my basement. I hate going down there to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't
0: have a basement anymore. No, I, I when don't we did, the only being that slept in the basement was sometimes a certain gray and white cat. Um, So that wouldn't be beneficial for doing laundry, but it it might be all right to have a vampire in the basement if you had a basement.
1: Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, now, no matter what we read and no matter how we read it, just the ability for an author to sweep us away to a place where there can be tragedy and um, great drama and all these things. But we know ultimately the reason why, you know, I'm 40 years old and I still read romance and I still feel so drawn to that genre is because, you know, whatever happens in that book, ultimately the characters are going to have a happily ever after. And that to me is, it's vital in a world that is so full of like darkness and sadness and anger and hate, and that, you know, you can get sucked into these books. So whether it's, you know, a woman in a harem from a Joanna Lindsay book from 1985, or, you know, um, this, uh, you know, a a vampire hunter, or a um, someone who's a witch coming into her powers, or you know, a, a woman just trying to find love um, and having bad dates online. You know, ultimately, what happens at the end of these books is that people get the happily ever after that I think many people just kind of dream of in the real world. And so, even though there is such a formula to them, I feel like it's a formula that's comforting and reliable, and, and makes you feel good while you're reading. And I don't know. And obviously it works because we are all still reading them and we are pretty well-rounded people. I
0: read, I think in a wider um, (laughs) array of genres than the two of you, because I do like my, you do. I I like my darkness. I like my, my plagues and my death and my murder, (laughs) but
1: I like plagues. I don't like murder,
0: but there's something that is inherently comforting about romance and I will always come back to it like my you know I, I review for a romance site now I review a lot of things that aren't romance for the romance site but I will always come back to romance and to my my romance people because it's grounding and comforting and lovely in a way that so few things are
1: agreed Just so awesome when an author can tell a story. And all of a sudden I'll realize, like, I'm so, like I'll am like i read with my earbuds in and I'll be doing dishes or I'll be doing something. And all of a sudden I realize that I've just been standing there for, like, 10 minutes and I'll Supposed forget to do that something. I was, like, <laughs> scrubbing something. Or, yes. And, and all of a sudden I'll realize, like, oh, you're so into the story that your body, your brain has forgotten to tell your body. Like, um, you have to finish scrubbing out yes. the crock pot or, you know, something, like, so mundane. But I love that. I mean, if I've had, like, a stressful day at work or whatever, I – I read to and from work every day and I read during my lunch and I have to. And if I don't get that time in, I get kind of cranky and not as fun to be around. But if I get my good balance of healthy reading time every day, which, you know, with having two kids can sometimes be a challenge, but if I can get it in, it, it just does something for my soul. If I've had a bad day, books just do something for my soul. I I have to have a good book at all times.
0: So I want to say thank you to Stacey and Sarah for chatting about romance with me today. It is amazing and wonderful, and we should do it again sometime soon, even if we're not recording for the podcast. Um, This coming weekend, like after this podcast airs, is the weekend of the readathon. So I will be reading for as close to 24 hours as I can um wow and maybe i will read some yummy romances during that time oh you have I to let's know what to you read hang out with beck Master again
1: oh I... she's great
0: yes she is so oh, who, who... i've read her <clears throat> who is she oh
1: she wrote those awesome oh my god i read all of them her books are amazing so sorry to interrupt punk. you um, yes oh my god yes. they're so good yes. i love
0: them like kiss of steel and Heart of oh, Iron. Yes. I have the third one sitting on my
1: iPad. Since... Beck McMasters, I'm so glad you said her name. If any more of her books come out, please let me know? Because I have not seen There was seen one any... out, actually. In September, maybe?
0: What? Uh, was it, is it on Audible? I, I haven't looked seen it. Up. And I think it's in her, like, Dark Arts trilogy that I haven't seen in audio. Um I will look oh. back because I, I saw it recently, um, but I will take a look back and I'll text you the information for it. Um,
1: oh, those yes, are, are books. So I want to
0: check her out again during the readathon a um, because romances are good for that. You know, if I have to read for a long stretch, there's, there's something very nice about that. Yes. Because romance is nice for so many things.
1: It is. You guys, it this was. was really fun. It was it really was. fun. I'm glad
0: that we decided to do it. And I want to thank everyone who has listened today. Again, you can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can join our Facebook listener group. And you can send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast, to tell others about it. And if you are so inclined, You can uh, leave us a rating or a review on the podcatcher of your choice, and it will help more people to find Book Bistro. I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Stay warm, if possible. Um, It's not very warm here in Michigan, but hopefully it is (laughs) wherever you are. And I hope your week is full of fabulous books. Take care, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.